Heating Up the UK is part of the Big Heads Media Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. Here's your host, Dan Healy, also known as At the Miami Heat UK. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. I am your host, Dan Healy, and today I am very, very happy to say that I am joined by two heavyweights of the NBA in the UK community. First up, he is the glue that holds all us UK fan accounts together as one of the main contributors of the fantastic NBA UK fans account. It's Rich Barrett. How you doing, Rich? I'm good, Dan. I'm good. How you doing? I'm, I'm very, <laughs> yes, very, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you very much for joining me. No, pleasure, mate. Absolute pleasure. And next up, after bombarding his DMs for weeks, I finally <laughs> landed my Galactico. He is the M- NBA analyst and uh, pre- uh, presenter for Sky Sports and the hit star of one of my favourite NBA shows, Heat Check. It's the hoop genius himself, Mo Moonsey. How you doing, Mo? I'm great, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be involved with this podcast, man. I've been listening uh, since I first heard about it. I'm really excited to have a chat with you guys. Oh, that's great. I really appreciate that, mate. I feel like after that intro, I've got, I should be saying, let's get ready to rumble. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, mate. Apologize for the uh, delay on the DMs, you know. It's, it's kind of, you know, you know, the chicks in the DMs all over me, you know what I'm saying? It gets hectic in there, but... <laughs> no, it's okay, man. It's okay, uh, man. Yeah, you're a busy man. You're a busy man. So <laughs> I really appreciate uh, you, you spending a bit of time um, and supporting this podcast. Much appreciate, mate. Always, mate, always. Brilliant. Right, well, guys, we... Um, we join at a, a, a fantastic scheduling time, really, because we currently are at this exact moment. We are 19 minutes past 8 p.m. on Thursday, the 6th of February, which means that we have just finished, uh, just passed the uh, free agency deadline. And um, we've got to dive into quite a few things here. Um, fortunately, my team have made some moves. So as my usual uh, listeners will know, um, obviously, it's normally dominated by it being a Miami Heat uh, podcast. We are still going to be talking about Miami Heat, but obviously I'm with two Celtics fans today, two big U- U- uh, UK NBA accounts. So we will look at some of the wider NBA issues. It makes only sense to do that. But we will start with the trade that my team is involved in, which was the Heat. And we have got um, what was going to be a free team trade uh, when we woke up this morning. It looked like it was going to be um, dealing with uh, the Grizzlies and uh, the OKC Thunder with Gallinari being touted. But that deal couldn't get over the line. There was um, apparently some issues with length of contracts that Gallinari wanted and Heat not willing to, to go to the length he wanted. So it ended up being a straightforward two-team deal with the Grizzlies. And it has ended up as, as follows. Um, the Heat have got uh, Iguodala, Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill. So some much-needed defence and some good role players there for Miami. And going the other way, Justice Winslow to the Grizzlies, Dion Waiters, and then James Johnson, who has now actually been flipped over to Minnesota. So from my point of view, and I'll get your, your, your take on it in a minute, guys, but from my point of view, this seems like a relatively fair trade. I think Heat have got some good defence there, which they needed. They've, um, you know, they've got some, some savvy... Uh, experience, especially in the likes of Iguodala, who, you know, gives us some playoff experience when you think that Miami have only won one playoff game in the last four years. So he gives us some good experience in that sense. Um, and then some great players as well. We have Jay Crowder, I'm very pleased with. Solomon Hill is a good pickup as well. And, you know, most importantly for me is that we have rid two years worth of bad money um, in, the, in the sense of Dion Waiters and James Johnson. Sad to see Justice Winslow go because he's a good player and he was a fan's favourite. But I think this sort of suits both teams. Mo, I'll start with you. What, what do yes, you think? What's your, what's your immediate take with this trade? How are you feeling about it? I, I feel like you guys have come out the big winners on this yep. one. Um, you know, Memphis were holding out the entire season up to this point, trying to get that first round pick yep. in exchange for Iguodala. Um, I don't know if you guys want to touch on the whole situation of him refusing to play in Memphis, then all of a sudden coming out and signing an extension with the Heat. 
Um, but they've, they've come out with big winners in a sense that they've got not only Godala, they've got Jay Crowder as well, mm. which, you know, from a from a defensive standpoint, two elite wing defenders. Yeah. So I think you should be a very happy man at this trade deadline. I am, as a Celtics fan who could potentially face you in the playoffs, I'm very <laughs> relieved that you couldn't get Gallinari as well because, you know, if you had yeah. got Gallinari, then I think you guys would have become almost the favourites to get through to the NBA Finals. Uh, wow. So quite happy that that didn't happen but uh no, Miami <laughs> big winners you know Justice Winslow I think he fits that that culture at the Grizzlies very well yeah I'm not too sure if they had any other deals from other places because they've taken on a couple bad contracts mm. um but let's just hope that Dion Waiters doesn't eat any more uh gummy edibles on <laughs> yeah, this is very true this is very true um uh rich you um messaged me sort of when that um crowder deal got announced and you you said that's a big big sign and you was you was um you said you should be very happy with that so uh you you i assume following mo's sense there you think heat are winners in this trade uh, undoubtedly for me i mean you sort of strip it down you've got Igadali, you're looking at a finals mvp i know you're running it back a few years with that one but he's yep. a finals mvp he's been to five nba finals yeah. He's won three of them. I mean, yeah, he's not going to be fresh because he hasn't been playing, but for someone playing at that level, you, you can't imagine it'll take too long for him to bring that back. Um, no, and I think with, with Jay Crowder, I think you referred to him as savvy. I'd, I'd call him savage, mate. The geezer's battle-hardened. Um, yeah. you, you, can, you only need to see like some of the stuff that he's gotten up to in the past. Let's, let's not talk about him basically snapping Gordon Hayward's leg that one time because <laughs> yeah. it, it was a little bit like that. But uh, yeah, you went... On paper, and how we're looking at it now, for me, Miami win that trade. And I think what Mo said, basically, in terms of it, it, it turns you, it it makes it look different outlook for Miami. Like, before that, you're sort of going into playoffs, you're like, yeah, second round, maybe Eastern Conference Finals. Mm. Can you think a bit more? Yes, with Gallinari, it would have been a whole different story. And yeah. But yeah, I, I would be, as if I were you, I would be very, very happy with that. And yeah, I'll, Dion, no more Dion Waiters is definitely not a bad thing. Yeah, well, this, the, yeah, this is exactly it. See, I, I'm I'm very happy with the trade. I mean, Igodala, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's going to take a bit of time to get up to match sharpness. That's no problem. But it, I'm not worried at all about that. I listened to his interview um, last night, late last night, when that trade got sort of confirmed, and he is trim. He is absolutely in shape. He is ripped. So he's ready to go. He says, you know, he's been working out. He's been training. Nothing, obviously, will like that would translate to the, to court action right now. So it will take him a little bit of time to get up to speed um, in court action. But um, yeah, really pleased with Crowder. Um, Solomon Hill, yep, that's another decent role player. But I'm just what struck me most about this trade is. Not even a year, well, a year ago, exactly a year ago, um, we had bad contracts in the sense of Tyler Johnson, about 17 million, James Johnson, 13 million, Dion Waiters, 12 million, I think it was, um, Hassan Whiteside, 27 million. And within a year, every single one of those bad contracts now are gone. And we're now, we're looking at the sense that next year, Apart from Iguodala, that we've now we've we've obviously got uh, next year with him, and then he's got a team option for the following year, which is good because um, obviously if we strike out in free agency in 2021, we can fall back with with Iggy. Um, but basically, we've got Butler, Iggy, and then all the rookies that are on next to nothing. So we've got a lot of space, um, and we we've we've got rid of all that terrible money um, in the space of a year. So I think Pat's done another masterclass there. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Pat Riley, you know, you love to see it if you're a Heat fan, you hate to see it if you're the rest <laughs> of the league, because once again, he's come up. You know, there's certain people in this world that always come out winning, no matter what happens to them, and he's once again come out on top. Um, getting rid of Whiteside was absolutely huge. I was yeah. expecting a deal to come through uh, with Portland and Hassan Whiteside. I haven't heard anything on that so far, which right. has surprised me a lot. I thought he'd be one of the first people to be moved on the deadline. Mm -hmm. Um but, you know, for the Heat, the way they've done it, and at 2021, they'll be able to take a swing at some big, big names that are coming up. I know a lot of the Heat fans on Twitter are talking about Giannis, uh, but there's other big names in that class. So Yeah, oh, there is. They, they've built for a run, you know, in this playoffs. Do I think they've got enough to get to the finals and win it there? No, I don't. But they've set themselves up for the future. Tyler Hero is one of my favourite players that has come out of this draft. You mm -hmm. know, they've really set themselves up well. Uh, looking forward to uh, maximising Jimmy Butler's prime, in a sense, because they signed him in free agency. And 
they've done what every franchise should do is build a team around him so that they can contend either this season, next season, the season after. And um, it's exciting mm. times down in South Beach. It is. It really is. Yeah. And uh, like for, to to see um, now we've we've got that added experience because basically this this roster has basically been Jimmy, a load of undrafted G League players, and some mid round picks. And he's is his everyone's bought into that to that Jimmy work ethic um, and appreciation for how always he wants to do is win. And it's been a lot a complete match made in heaven. And you know now that we've added some some strong NBA talent there. Um, we we are we, we've got a a, ni- a very nice foundation now to be able to work with what we've got. Of course, Bam's going to need playing the year off the next as well. Um, but we've got already two all stars. We've got some great um, uh, young pieces, and we've got um, some nice ad- additions done today. We could make a a, a real play uh, for twenty twenty one. So it, as you said, Mo, it's exciting times down at South Beach. Absolutely. And the other thing I think that's underrated in this is the culture fit. You know, Butler. We all know what his attitude's like. Mm-hmm. Pair him with Jay Crowder, who's of a very similar cloth. And Igadala, you know, yeah, that's that's scary for any wing players that have got to face the heeks when they're switching on the perimeter. You know, you've got Igadala defending you. A teammate sets a screen. Oh, now you've got Crowder twenty. It doesn't get any easier. Uh, yeah. You know, you're going to be thinking, oh God's sake, these guys won't leave me alone. Um, also, <laughs> the, another underrated aspect of this trade is I think it was a foregone conclusion that Igadala would resign in Golden State after this season finish. Yeah. So um, it's it's nice to see the Warriors not get their way for once. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's it. And um... I think I think as well, if you're Jimmy Butler, we all know Jimmy Butler is notoriously a little bit restless wherever he is. He's like, mm, what's happening here? He knows like he's the main guy. What's happening around him? And, and the Heat have made the kind of moves that's going to make him feel settled, relaxed. Like, yeah, we're doing the right things. We're heading in the right direction. Yeah. Let, let's let's see how this pans out, which can only be a good thing for Miami. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's completely embraced um, the, the the leader role that's been handed down from D Wade. So uh, yeah, it's been brilliant. And um, yeah, I mean, he's already interviewed. Now the trades have uh, have happened, and he's said, "Look, we're ready to go to war now. We've got the pieces. Let's go and do it." So they they want to win. They want to win right now. So yeah, it's um it's good times. So coming just, off of so, yeah, sorry to interrupt. I've I've just been sent. I've just been sent something that relates to us both. Uh, there's a tweet here that says. The Cavs are preparing to buy out Tristan Thompson and the Celtics and the Heat are among the teams interested. So sorry to jump in, but I thought, you know, this is the perfect time. A bit of breaking news. Um, How would you guys feel about Tristan Thompson hopping on? on, I'd take him. I'd take him. Yep. I, think, yes. I think if you've got to look at what we've got, I mean, Mo, you and me have talked before about Cantor and defence. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying Tristan, Tristan Thompson ain't a defensive beast. Yeah. But, you know, you, you've got to think that that's possibly going to benefit you more than playing Cantor in, in, in that position. What, what do you think? Uh, uh, Tristan Thompson's won an NBA championship. You know, he's been there. He's done that. You know, albeit he had LeBron James carrying him, he's still got that experience. And he did come up huge in that final series for the Cavaliers which is what led to him getting paid so much by the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would love to add him to the Celtics roster. I think if he gets added to that Heat roster, they get even scarier to yeah. against. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm hoping Danny can swing something um, and get him, get him somehow on the books because he brings, he doesn't bring a lot on the offensive side of things, but he can rebound. He's just a big body, especially when you're looking at going up against guys like Embiid um, and, and also going up against the Bucks. You need someone there just to clog up the paint and draw commit some fouls on Giannis and then Indiana have obviously got strong bigs with Bam the Heat have got uh, uh, the Heat have got Bam Indiana have got Sabonis so I think we are desperately in need yeah. of the yeah. big one. I was quite disappointed that we didn't have any other moves so far today mm. okay yeah. if you're Tristan Thompson who are you choosing you choosing the Heat or the Celtics um, if I'm Tristan Thompson uh, I'm choosing Miami because it's South Beach and Kardashians and all of that. that. <laughs> Tax-free haven, yeah. You know, as, as a basketball player, I'm, I'm picking Boston because um, well, I'm obviously very biased towards the Boston Celtics. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you've got to back your take me without that. Uh, now, I mean... Also, I f- sorry, I also feel like in Boston, he'll get more minutes than he would in Miami, um, especially with Crowder and Iguodala and Jimmy Butler now. You've got, obviously, Nunn, Hero, Dragic... Uh, so they're probably going to run more with Bam at the five yeah, uh, for extended yeah. periods. So in the Celtics, I think he would get more playing time 
so that might be a factor that weighs into his decision making process. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're just hearing it, so um, I, I'm sort of tr- trying to get my head around it immediately. But I mean, he's on big money, right, Tristan Thompson? So I, unless yeah. someone, unless um, one of these new guys are, are getting flipped, I don't see who else no, we've so got it, to to it make would that money. Buyout, so the Cavs would buy right. him out of his contract, right, and then the Heat or whoever would sign him for. Okay. Um, you know, like a veteran's minimum or something of that nature. Okay. I don't think it would be a trade because he earns a ridiculous amount of money. Yes. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, watch that space then. Thanks for the breaking news. So <laughs> um, <all> good. <laughs> right. So we'll touch on just a couple of other of the, the, the notable trades that we've had today. Um, D'Lo is off to, um, to Minnesota with Wiggins coming the other way. What do you make of Big. that one? Big. Probably the biggest news coming out of this trade deadline, in my opinion. Um, probably the biggest name that's been on the move, D'Angelo Russell. I was very surprised that they took back Andrew Wiggins. Um, you know, that's they've got to have big faith in him. And I think mm-hmm. the Warriors organization do have a belief that he can improve. He's still young and he's been playing for his what fifth coach in six years, I believe. Yeah, uh, They think that they can help him improve. I proposed a trade on the Heat Check show um, for Covington, Jeng, uh, and a few other pieces, which I think would have helped the Warriors more. But obviously, Covington was moved yesterday. Yeah. So I think they did what they had to. They had to make a move because um, they've included Evans and Spellman in the trade uh, to get under that luxury repeat attacks. Um, mm-hmm. The Wiggins contract is still huge, so I'm not exactly sure on the technicalities of that deal. But I think it was more a financial uh, financial decision rather than a talent decision. Because, in my opinion, D'Angelo Russell is a far superior basketball player to Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would agree. Yeah, I think, I think the, the other side of it is you've you got to look at, you know that there's this thing going on in the background where it's like, oh, yeah, let's get Cat and let's get D'Lo and let's get Booker all playing together. So, like, if you're Minnesota, what you've, I think they've had two winning seasons since mm-hmm. 2003, 2004, made the playoffs once. Mm-hmm. Won one, one playoff game in 15 seasons. So if you're a Minnesota fan and you're thinking, okay, we've got D'Lo now, if we get Booker as well, then you, you're harking back to the time when they had KG, yeah. uh, that, that mm-hmm. sort of time when, when they were a force, not for long, but for a season they were a force. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So, so yeah, if they've you're a Minnesota, Minnesota fan, you've got to be happy with that. They've been um, after D'Angelo for a while uh, mm. because obviously his friendship with Carl Anthony Towns. And what's interesting for me is that a Slam Magazine interview shoot they did during the summer, D'Angelo said, oh, one day we're going to all play on the same team. I can't tell you where, but we will. So, you know, they've got Cat. Now now got D'Angelo. The next piece is then going to be Devin Booker. If they can find a way to make that happen, uh, there will be no defence in Minnesota, but the scoring is going to be crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. You know, for, for me, the Timberwolves, uh, I've, I've got a soft spot for the Timberwolves because obviously Kevin Garnett is one of my favourite players. Yeah. But they've been in this vicious cycle, and the cycle goes, get a great big man on the roster, use him, don't really achieve any level of success, and then end up being forced to trade him the year before his contract expires. They had that with Kevin Garnett, they had that with Kevin Love, and they were at danger of having that with Kyle Anthony Towns, especially after yesterday's trade. Mm. Robert Covington, if you saw his Instagram stories, he was expressing severe frustration. Now, you know, they've added not only an all-star from last season, you can question whether or not he should have been an all-star. Having said that, he's, there's no question on the talent that he possesses. Yeah. You know, offensively, he's he's absolute bucket machine when he's given the right situation to be in. Um, so they've kept Cat happy, and this might be the first time they can actually hold on to a dominant big man in Minnesota. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, exciting times. And they've also got the, the legend that is James Johnson today as well. So, yeah. Yeah, how, do you, how do you feel he can help them? Because obviously you've watched a lot more James Johnson than anyone else really has. How yeah. what do you think he'll add to that Timberwolves team? Well, James Johnson in the in the 30-11 year was exceptional. And to be honest, that that's where he earned his contract because he was one of our most important players. He, he, he's a quick two-way player. So he can do it at both ends. He's got that aggression. The thing is, he just doesn't show it enough. You know, he 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 has got the ability to take over games if he wanted to, but you just don't see it enough. He's a good ball handler. He can shoot. He's you know he gets he's defending. He's he's fine. He's a good defender. But it just it just, you just don't see the consistency with with James Johnson. And ever since he got paid, 
it's it's not been the same. So, um, but I, I'm pleased that he's now going to hopefully get a, a, a bit of a starting berth. Hopefully, you get some more minutes now because he's a good player. He's a good player, well, there's no doubt. The, James Johnson is actually a black belt in MMA. Yes, he so is. So, do you yeah. think an underrated aspect of this is um, if if Jimmy Butler ever comes to play in Minnesota, they've got someone to protect Carlisle Town? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of that. That's a very good shot. I didn't think of that. Um, so just talk quickly then obviously with um with Wiggins now going back to um to uh, Golden State Golden State aren't going to be you know down at the bottom for more than this year are they when you got no. when you got Curry you've got Steph you've got now um Wiggins you've got Green you're going to have a quite a few picks coming as well very high draft pick from oh, very high draft pick know. as well they're um, they're going to be immediately back in in contention next year yeah Mm, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think for me, Steph, yeah, fantastic talent. You know what you're getting with him. Clay coming off an ACL, I do think that he'll be able to get back to where he was an elite shooter. Um, but Draymond Green, his game's not really built to last, if you know where I'm coming yeah. from. He's a high energy, high impact player. And now he's going to be turning 30. Um, I think he's, from when I watch him, he has kind of lost half a step. When he mm. plays, um, he's a great facilitator and whatnot. But you've then got Wiggins, who, unless they can transform him into a three-point marksman, and, you know, you're really looking at him trying to play the similar as Harrison Barnes' role during that 73-win season. Um, but what they no longer have that they did have back when they won 73 games with Harrison Barnes is the depth. They don't have guys like Barbosa. They don't have guys like Livingston. They don't have guys like Bogut. Yeah. Um, so while we think they're in contention... Draymond Green, his contract, Wiggins, his contract. I think that that's going to be a bigger problem than some would anticipate. And, you know, solely relying on the greatness of Steph Curry and Clay Thompson is good. But, you know, Steph Curry is not the healthiest guy. And as he gets older, will his body be able to hold up? And, you know, Clay Thompson is running around off the ball and he, he benefits a lot from defenders having their focus attached elsewhere. You know, are defenders mm. really going to be worried of Andrew Wiggins or are they going to be able to mm. help and shut down Clay? So for me, I'm not not really looking at the Warriors calling them a championship contender for next season. Okay, uh, but it will be interesting to see where their draft pick lands because if they can snag a number one pick, then of course, yeah, the Could Warriors be will be a lot scarier. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a great shout. Yeah, agree, agree. With that. I think I think they'll be back in the mix, like like most said, not necessarily a contender. And there's there's big contracts there, isn't there? Steph, Clay, yeah, Draymond, Wiggins, all on big contracts. So. It's eating up your space for who else you're going to put in this, in this in your roster. So yeah. and I think like I've never been a big fan of Draymond Green. Like I acknowledge that he's got a lot of ability. I think when he took the pieces away from around him this year a little bit, he's kind of got a little bit found out because some people were looking to him to step up and go, yeah, do you know what? It's going to be all right. We won't be where we were, but we won't be as far behind as they now are. So mm. yeah, yeah. The yeah. thing with the thing where I can't agree with that, though, is I don't think he's been found out. Um, I call Draymond Green a Salt Bay type player. You know Salt Bay, the turkey <laughs> yeah, yeah. at the restaurant? You know yeah, how yeah. he just sprinkles that salt on top of the dish? <laughs> the reason why I call him this is if you have great players and you add Draymond Green to the mix, he can yeah. take you to that next level because that's he's best at maximising the talents of other guys. He's not a player that you can put with terrible players that will make them win. You know, there's some players, if you surround them with a bad team, like James Harden, you could put whoever you want around James Harden and he will still put up 40 points and some nights he will lead you to a win. Whereas you put him with loads of other talented players and I'm not sure how that works. Whereas Draymond Green, I see as the opposite as, Mm -hmm. you know, he he does all the dirty work, the things that no one else really wants to do. But when you try and make him that star and he's your best player on the court, that's not what his skill set is best suited to. Yeah. Yep, no, absolutely. So whilst you quickly mentioned there about um, Harden and we'll, we'll quickly touch on the Rockets now because they made a trade as well yesterday um, and a bit of an interesting one really and maybe a little bit surprising because they've got a great player, a really good player in Robert Covington's come in, but Capella's mm-hmm. gone. Um, so they're pretty much playing with no centre and small ball. So how is that going to work? Is that gonna is that a recipe for success or not? What do you think, Rich? <laughs> I don't know, mate. I'm still trying to work out the maths from that whole trade thing. Like, oh, it's a it's mental just, one. Yeah, yeah it's it's yeah. crazy. Like I don't think I'll get my head around it for ages. But <laughs> I, just, I just don't I don't see how you can the small balls. We've seen it work. Like remember with the Warriors, like when they what do they call it? It was their the, the killer five or something like that. 
Hamilton then, five. That was yes. when they had Kevin Durant, and then they had the the line the death lineup or lineup. Of yeah, that's it. The, the the death lineup. So, but <laughs> I, I just don't see how it's going to work for Houston. I mean, myself, I was I was tipping Houston to come out of the West, or at least top the West at the start of the season, mm-hmm. and now I, I can't see that at all. And I, I just think, are we looking like second round exit mm-hmm. again? Again, yeah. again, yeah. What do you think, man? Oh, I think Houston are just. I don't know what's there. Very, they're as a franchise, they're very numbers orientated. Daryl Morey and the guys in the front office, they rely heavily on analytics. So they might have had numbers telling them that when they're running certain lineups, I know the stats for when they were playing a lineup with no players taller than six six were fantastic. But the thing about stats like that is you're looking at a very limited stretch of regular season performance. You're going to be running an offense now without any bigs. I mean. If they've got PJ Saga playing the five and Tyson Chandler comes in for a few minutes and Isaiah Hartenstein comes in, they did also just trade Jordan Bell, if I'm not yes, mistaken, I did. or yep. uh, Bruno. Cab- I can't pronounce his name right yeah. now. Yeah, but Kabuko or something. I don't know. That's that's probably ignorant of me. I can't pronounce <laughs> it, but um, I don't have it written in front of me. Otherwise, I'd read it out. But um, you know, I think they could manage, but if you're talking about making a deep run into the playoffs, I, I don't see that happening. I feel like running five out is cool, it's exciting, it's fast-paced, great. Having said that, you know, playoff basketball, you're looking at the Western Conference with an Anthony Davis or a yeah, Nikola brutal. Jokic. Yeah. Who's guarding those guys? You know? uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, 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 They're not matching up well against anybody and it's just going to be the same story in Houston. I just, For me, I just look at Houston, I have done for the last couple of years, and I just think, I don't think it matters what you put around that team with as long as James Harden's there, I just don't see I don't see Houston ever winning whilst Harden's there, and it's not slight against his game. It's just that it just I, I can't see what they can put around it to to make it ever work. Um, it's interesting for me that they got rid of Capella because Capella is I think Capella is a good player in his role. So the reason why they did that is he works very well with Harden. That pick and roll there mm. works fantastically, but that's because. James Harden can finish with these runners, these mid-range floaters, you know, kind of in between the the bucket and three-point line. Guys like Russell Westbrook and Eric Gordon, they don't really have that ability. They're either taking it to the rack or they're, you know, they're kind of pulling up for that jump shot. Um, So I think it's kind of a a symptom of that Russell Westbrook trade. James Harden's an interesting Mm. one. I also agree. I don't see him winning a championship, but I could see him winning a championship, you know, as the years get on. You know, mm. in the same way that yeah. Dirk won his championship because yeah. the NBA in that, that season was kind of a bit Miami were new. The Lakers were kind of going downhill after their championship. It was a bit of a weird season. And I would love to see, I think James Harden is such a talented scorer. It would be mm. a shame if he didn't achieve that final edge on the success. And I would love to see him, you know, win that ring. Uh, yeah. But with Russell Westbrook and James Harden, uh, I can't see that. Mm. No. Agree with that. I mean, he's thinking more that like Harden goes somewhere in his later years, then sort of doesn't doesn't play the franchise player role. He's maybe not not supporting cast because I don't want to do him down like that. But nah. isn't isn't the main man? Do you think that would almost be better for him? No, I think he can stay in Houston. I think it's more of a question of Russell Westbrook and his contract because no nothing against Russell. He's one of my favorite players to watch. I just don't think their games fit really well. Mm. You know, I think if if I'm building a team around James Harden. Capella is almost, you know, the perfect big to get. Mm. But if I'm building a team, I'd want James Harden handling the ball. Then I'd want my wing players to be great 3 and D guys. So Covington's a fantastic fit. But he's a rhythm shooter. And he's not, you know, he might be standing still for five minutes now with James Harden while he chucks up shots. He's not going to be able to develop that rhythm. So that's the area of concern for me. But I would have elite 3 and D guys, spot-up shooters all around James Harden. And then I'd put in a big... Um, you know, if, if Russell Westbrook's contract, you could flip that for, you know, a good big man. I'm talking about if if Cat was ever on the market or if Embiid yeah. was ever on the market, something like that, maybe as a free agent. Mm. That would be the recipe for success in Houston for me. Yeah, yeah, I think that's spot on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, we'll, we'll quickly just touch on two more very quickly. So um, uh, the Clippers have done some moves. So already probably the deepest team in the NBA before today. Um, although the Heat might have things to say about that, but yeah. um, uh, <laughs> um, they've now got uh, Marcus Morris and Asaya Thomas, um, so they've added even more depth. Uh, Mo Harkless going to the Knicks. Um, I didn't see who went to um, to Washington. Um, 
as part of the um, the Thomas deal. But um, that's that's another couple of of solid pickups, isn't it for for LA? Yeah, it is. I don't think they're keeping Isaiah Thomas. I think I believe that they're trying to move him currently. Right. Okay. Um, and maybe mm-hmm. the details of that will be revealed uh, very shortly. Heading to the Wizards is the 2018 lottery pick, Jerome Robinson. Okay. Um, it's a weird one for me. I think um, I like Mo Harkless and what he brought to that team. Mm-hmm. Um, but Marcus Morris, you know, Rich, you'll probably be able to talk yeah. about Marcus Morris after watching him last season. I like what he brings uh, on defense, but on offense, how's he going to disrupt them? I know for us, he was a big fan of you know, catching the ball and deciding he wants to dribble through it before a contested two-point jump shot. (laughs) So uh, I don't know how Kawhi and Paul George are going to feel about that, but Rich, how do you feel about him fitting in? I like Mook. You you know that. I like. I I thought he was great at the Celtics. You know me. I I like battle-hardened players. Like he's just the kind of guy you don't you you don't want to mess about with him. You like he's going to get in your face. We all remember what he did to Embiid during the playoffs that time. Mm -hmm. I think we were we were three and zero. And the guy's mm-hmm. got the guy's got a shot on him. He's got an outside shot as well. But I think, yeah, you then think about the other players they've got on the team. Like you've got Paul George, you've got Kawhi, who can hit him from deep. It's like, is it going to work? Is he going to see that much of the ball when he wants it? Is that going to get frustrated? Especially from, coming from New York, where he could pretty much do whatever he wanted. Exactly. It's going to exactly. be quite the change. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm I sort of have to hold my judgment on that and just see how it plays out. I think it could it could help them in the playoffs if they're in a tough series with with like a hardened team. So, do you know what I mean? If 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 you're in a battle, then yeah. that that's when he could really come into his own. If you if you've got Kawhi doing load management, even during yeah, the playoffs, yeah. that sort of it's, thing, and then and you need someone to to step in and and like toughen it yeah. up for a bit. And yeah, he 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 could he could potentially take him that a little bit further. But it's like you say, he was he was running things in New York. They they were looking to him as. As a, mm, as a big player, leader. like, but will will he will he have that role in the Clippers? Unlikely, but you know, it, it's it, he's got a big attitude as well. So let's let's see how he reacts to it. Yeah, I think I think that's that's right because you know he was a leader in New York, and I think he embraced that. And now he's going to a team where he obviously is not he's not going to have that sort of influence. But and I think like as a role player, as you've just said there, you know, when Kawhi steps out for a bit or he's load managing, I think that's a really good pickup for him, and I think it adds even more depth to probably now the 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 favourites. I think that that's um I think that's good business for for the LA Clippers. Finally, guys, um, Andre Drummond is in Cleveland. I'm I'm just reading his tweet where he says, if there's one thing I've learned about the NBA, there's no friends or loyalty. I've given my heart and soul to the Pistons. And to have this happen with no heads up makes me realise even more that this is just a business. I love you, Detroit. Uh, oh, I think he shit. sounds just like anyone else who's been told by their boss they're being sent to Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> Who has Andre German pissed off in a previous life? Oh, well. <laughs> Wow! I, I, wow! Wow! I, I don't, I don't get it. Like, it's, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, I haven't seen the details of what's gone the other way. Have you guys got that? Um, it, he's, uh, it's John Henson. I know it's John Henson. Um, and a pick, and I think it's Knight. Yeah, Brandon Knight. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Brandon Knight, John Henson, wow. and a second round pick for two time All Star Andre wow. Drummond, who's probably, in my opinion, the best rebounder in the NBA. Yep. It's insane to me that they couldn't even get a first round pick yeah. for him. Yeah. That's, that's what we were talking teams. But it just shows you the direction that the league's gone is this guy can't shoot. So on offense, although he can bang down low, get the boards, get the putbacks, is he really adding that much to your team? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm very surprised that they couldn't get a first round pick in exchange for Andre Drummond is a lot younger than people think as well. Yeah. I think, you know, the huge frame and the big beard, maybe people forget he's only 26. <laughs> yeah. He could come across like he's been, it seems like he's been in the league forever as well. Um, mm. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a weird one for me. I think he's gone to Cleveland. They can see him for how he fits for the rest of the season. He wants to become a free agent in the summer. Yeah. There's not many other free agents on the market. He'll be trying to get that big bag. Cleveland could offer it to him. I don't see him staying there. So no. it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's a bizarre one. Yeah. It's bizarre. I mean, like, that's, that's the thing. If if you've been pinged to a team that like was in a sort of outside shot of doing all right in the playoffs, then yeah, it would make sense to me as like a rental. Like you could put him somewhere yeah. where he, he could add something to the playoffs, push a team further, that sort of thing. But I just yeah, it's, it's like Mo said, he, who's who's he pissed off? Because like <laughs> sending sending to Cleveland, it's like that whole saying, isn't it? You're getting sent to Coventry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the thing for him that's quite sad is, you know, I think he was expecting 
to be traded to Atlanta and play with Trey Young and John Collins and the exciting young players they've got there. Um, but yeah. they, of course, uh, did the deal yesterday and now they're kind of sent him to Cleveland. So it just, you know, having that excitement of a team you want to go to and then being sent to Cleveland, I think is even worse than being sent to Cleveland in the first place. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a it's a bizarre one. When you look at all the when all the responses to um to Shams and Woj was was literally was just why <laughs> why has that happened? So yeah, a very strange one. Okay, we'll we'll park the trade talk, Mo. I know you've got to uh, shoot in a minute. So before you do, and I really do appreciate you spending time um chatting with us tonight. Um, no but before we do, I just I just want to have a quick chat with you um about the Celtics. Are you disappointed that they didn't do anything tonight tonight or in uh, just the deadline sale? I am disappointed, but I, I'm I'm glad that they made no trades rather than made a bad trade, because sometimes if the offers aren't there, there's no point making a move for the sake of making a move. Um, the fact that they didn't make a trade, I know they were making calls to Washington trying to get Davis Bertans, um, but Washington just weren't budging because they want to rebuild uh, when John yeah. Wall comes back and offer him a contract. So, you know... No deal is better than a forced deal, in my opinion. Yeah. So, although I'm, I think we could have done well with like a rim protector, like maybe even like a Nerlens Noel or a Mo Bamba kind of player. Um, our team has statistically, looking at the advanced numbers, you know, the Celtics are very good defensively. Um, but my whole thing on that is the postseason is a completely different animal. Yeah. And like right now, I'm watching games and we've got Grant Williams going out there for extended minutes. And I know he's he's a rookie, but he's he's been playing great basketball. But do I have the faith in him to do that in the playoffs when, you know, who could we match up against? Who on the Celtics roster? I know Marcus Smart can guard anyone, but aside from him, you know, you've got to look at the, the bigs in the East, Embiid. You're looking at Yanis, who's not necessarily a big, but you've got to have a rim-protecting presence there. You know, you're looking at a Bam Adebayo, you're looking at a Sabonis or even a Miles Turner. So that's why um, I'm hopeful that we get a Tristan Thompson on a buyout or some some form of mm. big body. Because uh, I think people really underestimate the the importance of an enforcer down there on the block. But I am very glad that we managed to keep hold of all of our guys because I've been loving this season so far. The team seem like they're yeah. having loads of fun and it, it's been a great ride so far. Yeah, it has been great. Well, let's see what happens with this buyout. Who knows? Um, there's, there's still some might be some action to come. So, um, Rich, are you all right to stay with me for another ten minutes? Yeah, or yeah, so? cool. Yeah. Yes, right, well. Mo, I, I really appreciate. It. I know you've got a shoot. Um, before you do, can you just um, anybody that doesn't know, I'm sure they do, but um, heat check. I mean, brilliant show, mate. Um, just Thank let you. one a, a quick preview on people that might not have seen it. What they can expect if they tune in with that. Uh, so if you want to check out the Sky Sports Heat Check, it's every Tuesday live at 5.45 on the Sky Sports YouTube channel. Then it's aired on Sky Sports Arena or Sky Sports Mix or um, various different channels across the Sky Sports Network in the evening on Tuesdays. And then throughout the week after that is myself, uh, Ovi Soko, who uh, any Love Island fans will be familiar with. <laughs> any British basketball fans will know him from playing for the Lions. Any yeah. European basketball fans will know him from playing in Spain and various other teams. Uh, it's usually me and Ovi going up against each other in a series of <laughs> basketball debates that get quite heated at times. It's all in the name Heat Check. Um, I know you must have been a little bit disappointed that it wasn't a Miami Heat show. Yes, I was. Heat yeah. Check. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, we, we just discuss basketball. We go through the top topics of the week. We give our say. We go back and forth. Um, you know, it's, a, it's I think it's a great show. I really have yes. fun making it. I hear great things from everyone who, who watched it. And, you know, I'm just trying to grow the game in the UK and bring the NBA to more and more people. So, if you want to give it a watch, check that out. Um, and then if you like my stuff, check out um, The Hoop Genius on Twitter, Hoop Genius on Instagram, all of that. The Hoop Genius podcast is out there and available across streaming services. And of course, make sure you guys stay locked and loaded with the Miami Heat UK podcast, the best place on the internet for all things Miami Heat. This is The Hoop Genius moment. See over and out. Brilliant, Mo. Thank you very much, and give uh, give regards, please, to uh, to Ovi and JD. You're all doing a great job. Keep it going, brother. I shall do. We appreciate you a lot, man. Thank you very much, guys. <laughs> I'll catch you. I'll hop on another episode soon. Brilliant. Thank you, Mo. We'll see you soon. See you, Mo. Okay, Rich. Yes, you good. Yes, right. So we'll we'll just cover a couple other bits um, that we we ran out of time. And as we've always with any podcast, you just start and you just don't stop. The time just flies by. So there was a couple of other things I wanted to get your take on. Um, cool. We'll keep with the Celtics for a minute. Um, All-Stars, you've got, yeah. two, quite rightfully, you've got two there. Um, Kemba was obviously always going to be one. 
Was Tatum yeah. the right choice over Brown? Or was there an argument for it to be the other way around? Or was there an argument for both? I don't know if you... I, I think back to when we did one-word answers and you said to me, is Jason Tatum going to be an all-star this season? I was like, nah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, mate, but I think, obviously, he's pushed on more since then. I think you, there's possibly a case for both, but then who are you taking out? Because there's some there's some good players. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's, it's not good players. There's great players in that all-star pool from the East. And there's already some snubs as well. So... Tatum, for me, is the right choice, given what's going down at the minute. Jalen Brown is playing out of his skin. Um, and another thing we touched on, on one-word answers when you said to me, was, is Jalen Brown worth the contract? I think my answer was, not sure yet, but mm. lo- looking good so far. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm buzzed. Obviously, I'm really happy that they're both in there. Tatum's doing the skills challenge as well, um, yep. which he won last year. But that was just magic. Like He just sort of threw it up from half halfway line and it just dropped. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy from from a Celtics point of view. Obviously, yeah. you'd love to see more of your players in, involved, but again, I'm, I've got to be real about this and say, okay, if you put Jalen Brown in, who do you take out? And I think yeah. the way the pools ended up is, is is pretty it's pretty legit how it's done. I mean, even Kemba as well. I think he was the third biggest vote getter amongst fans. Yeah. And Kyrie yeah. was second, but then you've got all the waiting for the for the media and the players as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, obviously, I'm pleased that my point guard's in the All-Star game. So Yeah, definitely. No, I think it was the right choice. I think that the Brown will probably look at it and feel a little bit unlucky with himself, a bit hard done by. But I think that probably is the right choice. Tatum has, has taken a leap, as I sort of predicted he would. I thought, well, I think everyone sort of predicted he would probably take that leap this year, and he has done. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's good for him. And, and the Celtics are, you know, they're, they're looking good. Although they've got, if I remember rightly, and I haven't checked it for a while, but you've got a pretty tough strength of schedule. Yeah, you're not you're not wrong, mate. I was looking at it earlier, obviously before we come on. I mean, we've got I think seven eight, uh, sorry, seven games away in the West, and I think you've got four. Um, mm. So some of them are coming up on a bit of a road trip as well against some really good teams. So the schedule schedule for us looks quite difficult, sort of yeah. even leading up and after the All Star break. But I think that's what I said to you before as well. To be fair, as like I think that the Celtics they won't, they won't fall off. They're not going to fall out of playoff contention or anything like that. It's not going to be that bad but it's going to get tougher after yeah. the all-star break i mean we're in a nice position at the minute we, you you and us are just jostling third and fourth because the raptors mm. are on an absolute crazy run yeah. at the minute and fair play to them got to call that out because people writing them off at the start of the season going oh they'll they'll be six or they'll be eight or they might not get the playoffs but so that's jostling and then the nice thing is at the end of the season i think you're in your last seven games we play you twice mm. so that could that could even be a factor for for home court advantage later on in the playoffs. Well, so. Yeah, because uh, you've done the business so far. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Two, two, 2 and 0 against us at the moment. Although, yeah. unfortunately for Miami, both of them times we've played you, we've been on the second night of a back-to-back. True. So, um, yeah, a little bit a uh, little bit maybe distorted there. But, um, no, you've had our number so far this year. You're always a difficult game. We've actually always struggled against Boston. So, um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, you're right. We're on a, on a road trip now, uh, Miami. So, we've just started the first of five games on the road. And um, it's actually come at a really bad time because Myers Leonard, who um, although he's not, he doesn't light up, you know, the performances, is really important to our starting yeah. five. And uh, he's out. He's, he's picked up his first injury of the season and he's missed that whole road trip. Obviously, we've now got um, we had we had Butler fall out at the uh, end of the third quarter yesterday. Although I'm told, well, not told, I'm half here that that's not a serious issue. So mm. fingers crossed he'll be back. And we've now lost um, a bit of depth with obviously um, with, with Dion and um, Johnson, and it will all now depend on whether the guys we've traded for are ready to come straight in. You would assume maybe Iggy aside that they are. Um, yeah, so it it will be interesting. But we've got some tough games. We've got we've got Sacramento up next. We've then got. Uh, Trailblazers, Golden State, and then I think we finished with Utah after losing to LA Clippers last night. So, and then we go into All Star break. So, um, yeah, I think, you, I think you take two out of four wins there, though, wouldn't you? I definitely you, would. I said, I said you, it before. I take two wins on that road trip without a doubt. Yeah. So, uh, and we are notoriously a better team after All Star break. So, um, I think. Um, Agree with you. Obviously, Bucks are, uh, are doing what they're doing. There's no stopping them now. I think that Raptors have locked in that second now, um, and I think it's now jostling for for home court position between um, well between the rest of us really because I, yeah. I do still expect Philly to come good. They've been they've been on a bad run, um, and things don't look quite right there. I think mate, I'm not sure whether there's an issue with some of the players and the coaching system maybe, or whether it's just a bad fit overall, but. 
I was talking to this with my, with my brother, who's a who's a big Philly fan, and I said, you know, is this a bad fit? You know, this roster, and he said, well, you, you might say that, but you know, we're, we're a terrible road team, but we're the best team at home. So 20, why would that? 20, 22 and two, I think. Well, yeah, is it 20 which and I think two? is the best. Or, best yes, twenty two and yeah. two, which is the best in the league. So that that wouldn't make that wouldn't add up. So they're a bit of a strange one, Philly. Yeah, um, just it, obviously not not pursuing it away from home. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. I mean, are they six at the minute? I think they're sitting fifth or sixth, yes, isn't they? Yeah, yeah. And I don't get, I, I don't really understand it. And I think maybe though, it's that kind of situation where you get maybe they finish. I don't know. And any one of four teams for me could finish between well, probably five teams. You could say could finish between two and six. Yeah, because like it's... in Indiana are doing okay. Let's let's not maybe get ahead of ourselves and say that they could get second seed. But I think you look at Toronto. You yeah. look at Miami, you look at the Celtics, and you look at Philadelphia. So those four teams could be it could be in any order from like yeah. two to five, any order at all. Yeah, uh, I, uh, absolutely. So I, I just yeah, the Philly thing confused me a little bit, but you know, there's always teams like that. You look at the Celtics of last year. There's like memes going around saying who's stopping this, and, mm. and it's their starting five, and everyone's like, yeah. it's the best starting five in the league, and it just doesn't always happen like that. No, so, that's right. It, 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 uh, you're completely right. So, well, I was going to do a um, a little, you know, prediction of seeding, but to be honest, I just I don't see the point because it's a guess. It's a complete yeah, guess. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree that I think Raptors now will keep getting better. I think they they just look like they're on fire. They're really ticking, and fair play to them because they wasn't predicted to do so um, by a lot of people. Um, and they've lost the, one of the best players, if not the best player in the NBA. And if anything, in fact, their record, I think, is one game better than they was at this stage last season. So fair play to them. I think they'll lock in number two seed. And then what's the point of trying to guess the rest? Because yeah. it could be anything. Yeah, I think, I think what people forget as well is like last season, everyone's like, oh, if Kawhi goes, though, if Kawhi goes. And then there was those stats for Raptors with Kawhi and Raptors without Kawhi. And it, it wasn't dramatically different. It's not like... You take him out of the team, like maybe you take a another player out of another team, and they yeah. just they, they fall the to the floor. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think the Raps are a little hard done by preseason mm. with people saying what they were saying. I mean, yeah, some was... some commentators had them not even in the playoffs. And I was yeah, like, the, just... the the disrespect is real. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just, I mean, when when does that when has that ever happened with Toronto? They always make it. They always. I think I don't think they've ever been outside the top four for years. Um, and just a very well run, very well coached um, franchise. So that was fair play to them. But yeah, so um, yeah, so let me do. We'll finish up with because um, I always like to try and get hit around forty five minutes, which we are cool. at now. And I really appreciate your time. I'm going to I'm going to ask one very simple question. And after all the trades that have happened tonight, I want to see if your opinion may have changed. Who is going to win the NBA championship this year? I still think the Lakers. So, yeah. and I, I think I've probably like pinged a few ideas around preseason. Like I was talking about Houston finishing top of the West. I don't mm. necessarily think that I thought they were going to win the whole thing, um, but I just I just got a feeling for the Lakers. I mean, when I was on NBA UK fans, we did our predictions. So you got to do like you got to predict ten questions. I'm pretty sure I had the Lakers in there, winning the yeah. West and then winning the finals. Um, I think obviously with what happened recently. Where, with Kobe, I think it would be an, a fitting tribute. Yeah. Um, and those players, I mean, you saw the impact that had on them. So it, if yeah. they're not driven already, which I don't think anyone can say the Lakers are not driven, no. that's just going to give them another gear and something else to strive for, like just yeah. extra extra greatness. So yeah, yeah, um, so yeah f- for me, Lakers, I, I think Milwaukee is kind of even with doing what they're doing, they're flying under the radar. It's like because of the hype mm. around the other teams, they just they go about the business and getting it done. But then drop them into a finals with all that pressure. Yeah, they'd, probably well, have, they'd, they'd have home court probably undisputedly against whoever. But I don't necessarily yeah. think that's going to matter. So, no. um, yeah, so Lakers for me. That's that's yeah. the short short long answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean Milwaukee. The, the, the unanswered question at the moment is how they can handle the playoffs because it's all very well being a dominant regular season team. It's a different animal in the playoffs, as we all know. And um, at the moment, they've uh, they've they've failed in that sense. So it'd be interesting with that. But yeah, I think. Um, I don't think you'll find many NBA fans that will will grumble at the LA Lakers winning it, considering what's happened uh, with the tragedy with Kobe. So yeah, no, um, yeah, good shout, good shout. I I predicted them at the start of the season, so I'm going to stick by them at the moment. But um, that's unless, uh, of course, Miami Heat uh, go all the way. Right, not Rich. not impossible, mate. That's not impossible. No, well, this is it, and who would have thought believing. that? Who would have thought that? So uh, I, whatever happens, it's a win this season for for me because it's been um, it's been 
well unrecognizable to what I've, I've witnessed um previously so so yeah well done well done to the heat well done to pat riley it's uh giving the yeah. saints we'll all be excited about rich um Thank you very much for, very for coming welcome, on tonight. Um, you do some absolutely great work with the uh, NBA UK fans account and you've got a watch party coming up. So um, can you let everyone know what's happening with that, where and when and how can you yeah, get involved? Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, I, I know there's loads of tweets flying about around, flying around about this at the minute. Basically, we've got a watch party on Sunday, the 23rd of February. It is in Birmingham, so it's pretty central. So should gather up a few people from the peripheral of that. Um, so it's a walkabout on Broad Street in Birmingham. Um, we're saying come down from 7 o'clock. The game is Celtics at Lakers. Nice. And it will be it tips at 8.30. But we're saying to people, come join us from 7 o'clock. We're literally just yeah. going to sit there. Whoever turns up, we're just going to have a drink. We're going to chat hoops. We're going to watch hoops. It should be great to meet people. Because I know you know how it is. Like We, we speak to loads of people. But not a lot of us have met each other and that. So it's just it's it's an open invite to anyone who wants to come down, watch basketball, talk basketball and just and just meet like minded basketball fans as well. So it's hopefully the first of many as well. So it's the first one we've put on um, and hopefully it'll be a bit of a springboard for us to do more and more like yeah, maybe I, nationwide as well. Yeah, I, I really hope so, because I, I'm gutted that the, the one day you decided to choose was the day of my <laughs> wife's birthday. So unfortunately, I'm not going to get a pass for that. But um, I will certainly, certainly be at, at the next one, wherever it may Excellent. be, because, um, yeah, it'd be great to come up and meet everyone. That, that'd be fantastic. So, um, yeah, Rich, just um, let everyone know where um, both they can find you personally and also your uh, your fantastic um, UK hub that we all use and go to um, that you contribute towards. Of course. So, obviously, myself, I am on Twitter as at RichBarrett1. Um, and, obviously, the, the almighty at NBA underscore UK fans um, is is where, obviously, I'm a contributor for, along with, with the guys there. So, yeah. we just, I mean, the community is getting bigger and bigger. It's just, it's great to see um, yeah. the involvement, the effort from guys like yourself with your podcast, all your features, everything. I, I know you know that I, I jump on most of the things that you do. Yeah, um, and 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 keep involved with it, but the community is getting stronger, and it's just great to see. Yeah, so it really uh, yeah. is. Yeah, no, it's been fantastic. I mean, I haven't even been involved in a year, but you know, it's it the the feedback, the way it's growing, just in the time I've been there, is is nothing but positive. So, and I obviously really appreciate you um, yourself because you you're always interacting, you're always doing jumping on on anything that I'm trying to trying to get involved with. So I appreciate that as well, mate. No, absolute pleasure, mate. Keep up the good work fantastic right well that was a, a thoroughly enjoyable episode really appreciate both self and mo to for coming on and uh, we will wrap it up there um all-star break just around the corner um we'll see what happens after that as we get to crunch time but for now um after all the trade that deadline fallout we'll leave it as that as that and uh that is episode 11 of heating up the uk in the books and we'll be back shortly after all star with the next episode thanks very much guys Thanks.